everyone. Welcome back to the Where Your Feet Take You podcast. I'm Kayla Bowker, professional triathlete, mom to two little boys, and coach at Where Your Feet Take You Triathlon and Mental Performance Coaching. And I have the extremely great honor today to bring to you our guest, Carly Moore. Carly has been a Where Your Feet Take You athlete for quite some time now. I worked with her on her Ironman journey, which was pre-pregnancy. I worked with her through pregnancy and now in her postpartum journey. So as you can guess, she is also the mom to a new little boy who is about 14, 15 months old. I could be getting that wrong. She can correct me here in a minute. <laughs> um, and one of the things I'm really excited to chat with her about is kind of her mindset as, you know, being a new mom and triathlon and, and a working mom because she works full time um, and how she's kind of navigated that whole journey. We worked very closely together through her kind of journey as, as being a potentially a new mom through her, you know, new mom journey, uh, on her psychological flexibility and through kind of mindset training and just kind of what all of that has looked like for her. And the most important thing we're going to not, well, not most important thing, because there's a lot of important things. But one of the things we are going to talk about today is her newest personal best at her very first, at her first, tri uh, not triathlon, but her first 70.3 as a new mom. She just recently completed Indian Wells 70.3, where she crushed the race course with a huge 14 or 16 minute PR across the board um, on the day. And I'm very excited to share her journey because it's been an honor to watch her grow kind of throughout this whole process. So welcome, Carly. Welcome to the podcast. Before we jump into our recording here, I'm super excited to share with you guys that we are now offering a Patreon account for the Where Your Feet Take You podcast. Our mission here at Where Your Feet Take You is simple. We are here to unite the triathlon community and foster a shared passion for sport and the relentless pursuit of our dreams. By becoming a Patreon community member, you are not just an observer of our passion for the sport, but you're an integral part of the journey. With the Patreon account, we will be providing you guys with exclusive access to Where If You Take You podcasts, uh, behind-the-scenes videos, personal check-ins, and regular updates that help to provide a little bit more of an intimate look into the lives as athletes and creators and coaches and everything in between. Your support is more than just a contribution. It helps to fuel this podcast forward. With your help, we can grow the show, reach new heights, continue to explore our passion within the sport of triathlon, go to races, and just give back even more to the incredible triathlon community. We really appreciate you guys' constant support and listening, and then moving forward, hopefully, with your Patreon membership you can head over to patreon.com slash where your feet take you podcast. You can head over to the website or just click the show notes to find out a little bit more about what we'll be doing with the Patreon account. It is going to be an ever evolving membership and I look forward to everything that it will bring for you guys in 2024. Now with that, back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me and you know, all the ups and downs we've gone through together. Yes, <laughs> we have gone through them. That is for sure. Um, awesome. Well, to kind of get started, let's just, you know, the age old question that everybody likes to ask and answer is who is Carly? Well, that's a great question. Um, it's, a, it's a hard Carly, one. It's a deep one. <laughs> it's a hard one. It's a deep one. Um, Carly is a very stubborn person <laughs> who is very determined to chase a lot of goals. You tell me no, that tends to make me want to do something. Um, but I'm also, you know, and I channel that through triathlon, 
I love being creative, um, mom to a little boy, and I keep myself way too busy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you will do. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. I would agree on all of those aspects um, just over the years of kind of working together. But we, so what we're going to do here today is we're going to walk backwards a little bit. Um, we're not going to necessarily start off with like your, your Ironman journey that we will kind of briefly, hopefully chat about. We may not, as you know, I keep things very fluid around here. Um, and you know, being, becoming a mom, being a working mom in triathlon and all those pieces. But I want to start by celebrating Indian Wells. Um, so we're going to start with the present and then we'll go back from there. But as we mentioned in the uh, introduction, you most recently completed your first 70.3 as a new mom um, at Indian Wells. This was, we could, I know you like to say this was like your third try at it, but I like to say it was just your <laughs> first because in reality, you just ha- you just had to move things around due to life. And that is that is not necessarily like a fail or you not trying or anything along those lines. It just was life. So you, I know you like to say this is your third try at it, but um, yeah, walk me through the day. How was it? What did you think? Um, How did you feel when you crossed the finish line? Let's just chat here. Yeah, it was a pretty wild day. Um, I know even just that whole week leading in was a roller coaster itself. I know Monday we had a chat and I was going in and I knew I was going to be too competitive. Um, and I was trying to make sure I didn't overthink everything. And then my husband came home from work sick. So I went from being overly competitive to on Monday being worried I was going to make to the start line. Um, so we quarantined. I literally made him sleep in a different room. I was like, no, I'm, I'm racing no matter what. Um, so by race day, I was had honestly a lot of emotions, probably just as many as I think I had for my first Ironman, to be totally honest, because it felt like it was so long ago since I had done this. And like I was a different person back then compared to now. Um, so race morning, I definitely had a lot of nerves the few days leading up. I was really glad it was a course I had done. So I didn't have to overthink any of that. I knew the course. I knew what to expect. I knew the race prep and the quirks that every course has. So that helped a lot. Race morning was pretty uneventful for the most part, except actually, no, my bus got in a car accident on the way there. So it wasn't uneventful. No, my shuttle bus got hit by another shuttle bus when we got there. So oh my gosh. I was like, that's possibly ominous or the day will all go up from here. <laughs> um, so we were the start of the morning. I actually didn't even bring my phone. So it was totally weird, kind of weirdly peaceful. So I didn't have my phone. I didn't have anybody with me. I didn't bring the family. It was way too early. So it was kind of just nicely peaceful. I went and did all my steps, got everything set up, you know, bike set up, all that. And then I hung out in the acclimation zone for quite a while. Um, Like long enough that I got warm and then cold again. So I maybe was in there too long. Mm. Um, Yes. But it was good. I'd rather be in it um, for cold water because I was a little nervous Mm. because I hadn't been in it in a long time. Um, And then in the shoot, I saw an old friend of mine. And so that helped calm my nerves a ton. Um, the swim was, the swim was a swim. It was uneventful. Um, I thought I went faster than I did. So I was a little bummed because I felt good. And then I, yeah, that swim is not because of the cold, but because it's so hard to see. It is one of my least favorite swims. 
Um, yeah, it was amazing the how sun. the sun just it's, like, yeah, bright in your eyes. But I think everybody was a you. little bit slow. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't overthink the swim much. It was, you know, I knew the work I had put in, which was good and bad <laughs> for swimming. It was the mm-hmm. hardest one to yeah. commit to with work and baby and figuring out life and husband switching jobs and training and all that. So swimming was definitely my least consistent. So I wasn't too worried. And then I hopped on the bike, um, had a weird issue with that first hill. I like slipped and I couldn't get on it. So I ended up actually like walking up and on my bike, which was really embarrassing. But then I just moved on from there. (laughs) Um, I was like, cool, I'm just going to have a few weird moments today. That's all right. A (laughs) A few moments of nerves. And then. I felt great on the bike. Um, I just focused so tight on what I was at. It was just the mile I was at, the section I was at, literally like, okay, I'm going to go as fast as I can right now, you know, focusing on kind of building the effort as I went, you know, starting off easy, building into it. And I just felt really good. And I was looking and I'm like, you know, I'm going a lot faster than I thought I would. But I knew the first half was a little bit of a false downhill and then false flat at the end. So it was like, okay, I'm just, it'll even out in the end. Um, But I felt surprisingly good. Um, And a big shift I had in this race mentally that I've realized afterwards was I just was even more confident about I can be out here. I should be out here as opposed to not passing people because I don't want to be in someone's way, which was something I yeah. didn't realize I even was doing before. Um, so I would just pass people as I went. Um, felt good. Didn't was worry there if they were going to pass something, me back. <laughs> yeah. Was there something that maybe, um, I, and I know we've done a lot of work on your just kind of confidence and, and standing up for yourself in general. Um, right. And, you know, kind of that, being willing to say, no, this is what I need and not what other people need me to do. But what, you know, you say that there was a shift for you kind of on the bike. Is there something that maybe triggered that or did it just kind of just all of a sudden happen? It kind of all of a sudden happened because I felt so good. (laughs) I was like, Mm, I feel mm -hmm. so good. Like, no, don't get in your own way past this person. Um, Especially, you know, even if you know they might pass you again, sometimes that happens. I've had that in races where you you pass someone, they pass you. It's just different phases of the race. And I just didn't mm-hmm. care if they repassed yeah. me or anything. Uh, I just felt so good that I was like, no, I, I can pass this person. It doesn't really matter. Um, and so, and I think just the confidence of knowing I'd be fine after I pass them and wouldn't like just drop off speed or anything. I love how you said, don't get in your own way. Like, that's so awesome. And, you know, as as I mentioned, like, I've watched you, I watched you become an Ironman. I watched you become, get pregnant and become a mom and, and, you know, go Mm -hmm. through pregnancy and then become the mom. And I really, you know, from the outside looking in, I think that's the biggest change that I've seen in you is, again, this, and this, to be honest, like, this was the biggest change that happened to me when I became mom. I just, it's not that I stopped caring what other people thought, but it was just like, if this doesn't serve me 
and what I need to be to be a good mom, to be a good coach, just to be me, just to be good me, then I don't care. And I stopped like getting in my own way. And I think that's the biggest change I've seen with you. Do you feel, have you felt that change kind of as you've navigated the pregnancy postpartum experience? I think it took two years almost of it all in a way. Um, I do now. I do now. I think once kind of, Mm -hmm. I almost hit a breaking point of like, it is necessary to just do what, do what you need that's best for you and your family. Um, and I think I just stopped, you know, I got to the point where I gained enough confidence as a mom and not being afraid, you know, I know him, I know how to navigate tough situations with my son. We're fine. Um, I feel comfortable co-parenting with my husband and, you know, then it has kind of transitioned into, okay, let's do this. This is a big priority. And even seeing the difference of really such a stark difference of the days that I prioritize myself and my training versus not. And it's so dramatically different as a parent compared to not before. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, let's let's kind of go down this path a little bit. I like where we're headed here with this. But talk to me a little bit about that because um, – I know this is something that I've talked, again, I've talked with you a lot about is like you needing to choose like, hey, this is the goal. Not only is it the goal that I'm working towards, but I need this for me. But um, navigating the whole, I have this goal and this dream as a triathlete, and I've, I've come to realize that this is a bucket that I have to fill for myself, but I'm doing it now as a mom. How has that challenge, I know it's been a challenge, but how has that process been navigating kind of the two buckets that you're trying to fill? Yeah, it has taken a lot of therapy, I think, <laughs> to figure it out for myself, um, to be honest. Um, she probably laughs that that's something we talk about a lot. But I think <laughs> it was, you know, I, I even remember saying, you know, it'd be so easy if you didn't race and you just like did Orange Theory. <laughs> and yes. then. I go to a race, the energy and excitement and just the chasing your goals and seeing what you can do is so different. Um, and it, it was hard. It's been, I feel like I've just figured out the balance and I'm sure it's going to change again because it changes constantly, but I feel like I've just figured out a routine and I think it was, you know, tackling the mom guilt was a big challenge at first of, you know, feeling like you're missing time, especially in longer workouts. And those days was really hard. But then as he's gotten older, he's now a mobile toddler. And I'm so glad I can keep up with him. (laughs) So I'm super (laughs) grateful for that. Yeah, I mean, he's my mom had three kids and she's like, none of my kids were as energetic as your son. I was like, I know. (laughs) I was like, it was my own doing. I get it. Um, Mm -hmm. Two endurance athletes have a kid. And of course he doesn't sit still. Um, But I think too, in a way, (laughs) it weirdly, I've shifted the mentality of I do it for my kids to I do it for me and that I still matter. And I know that sounds really funny. Um, but I like saying I do it for me. 
And I like yeah. saying it's for me because it reminds me that I matter too. Because mm-hmm. um, it's so easy as a mom to just deprioritize everything for your kids. But it's so important for them to see that. So yeah, I think all of that. <laughs> well, not only is it important for them to see it, but I think it's important for you to experience it. And, you know, like I, I have found, I found, and I, it really resonated with me yesterday a lot for some reason. So I'm in similar to you, like in the, we're in this postseason timeframe and I've taken a full no structure week and I've been really lax with things. And like, I didn't do any exercise on Saturday because we took the kids to the North Pole. And, um, I, on the way back on Sunday, like I was so cranky. I I was not a good mom. I was not patient. I was so annoyed at the kids. And I was like, oh my God, I need some alone time. I have to go. I need to go exercise. I need to go do something. And I finally looked at everybody and was like, mom's going to leave. Mom is going to go for a bike ride because at this exact minute, I am not being the mom that I want to be. And I need to leave before I really become the mom I don't want to be. So I'll see you all in anywhere from one to two hours. That can be the biggest lifesaver some days. I know there was one day I did a ride after I'd put Sterling down to bed. My husband had to work late. He's like, why are you riding so late? And I was like, you don't want me to not. <laughs> I was like, I was like, for the sake of our marriage, I need to go on this bike ride. I'll talk to you in a little bit. I just need to decompress because I was a really overstimulated, sick kiddo, all of that. And it, I was much better after. (laughs) Yeah. And same. I came back from my ride and I was still a bit cranky because it was just maybe the way the day was, but I was a lot more patient with the kids. (laughs) You can handle a lot more. (laughs) Yeah. And so like you said, it's like, yeah, you are doing it in a way, in a weird way. You do it for your kids because you want to show them what a strong, confident woman can do. But if you're not doing it for yourself, to show yourself that you are a strong, confident woman, and so to speak, then it, it ends up not being for your kids. Like it's this weird feedback loop, right? I think that's something yeah, you really like can like a big cycle, which is really interesting. But um, yeah, I definitely am much more patient when I do things for me. And I just, racing is just so different. I just, you know, I, st- I started triathlon at 20. And... <laughs> You know, I've been doing it for almost 15 years now, and I keep coming back because the way it just motivates you to try to be a better person, and it just translates into everything else in your life so easily. Yeah, I love that. Um, Okay, I know we kind of got like partially off, not off track, but I liked where we were headed with that. Um, So uh, you're having a really good bike at Indian Wells. Um, Let's chat through the run a little bit here. How'd that go? Yeah, so this was the first time on that bike that I didn't feel like death after the racetrack. So that part after the racetrack, that like false flat back in that you always get slower. I was kind of dreading it. It's um, very demoralizing. The pros and cons. Yeah, the pros and cons of doing a course a few times is like you know the good and bad and the ugly. Mm. And like I was not looking forward to it. And so I actually got a increase in energy in that point and so that was really weird so I had this really positive like feeling going off the bike which doesn't happen 
often. You're usually like, I get me off this thing. I'm over it. I'm done biking. Um, yes. Like, the time I'm done with any leg, I'm just ready to be done with it. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I was like, I feel really good. And I was actually passing a lot of people in that last section. And I felt great. So that was a nice segue into the run. Um, and I kept reminding myself, the run, I was really focused on myself. I have done, this is my third time doing this race. And I have bonked every time on this run. And so I know when I told you I was doing this one, I was like, I don't want to bonk this run. Yep. Um, and knowing that and knowing that I had, luckily it wasn't as hot. One year I didn't. It was like 80, 85 in that golf course and it was terrible. Um, but I went onto the run. I made sure I focused on the really small things. So I made sure to do my nutrition properly. I made sure to get my you know, electrolytes, get my nutrition every mile. I know we had set a plan where, okay, every, actually I adapted it a little. So you were saying every aid station, walk through it. And I ended up deciding to take nutrition and water. So I ended up doing it every mile instead. And I Mm -hmm. walked, took it, and I would put it in my pocket once it was small enough because I had those flasks. Um, And then I would continue. And even though I felt really good at the beginning, I was making myself walk every time. I was like, this is like, this is your energy bank. You know, I remember it was, I was listening to some pro, you know, when they do a different burst or thing like that, like you only have so many matches you can burn. So I was telling myself, this is putting, putting savings into my energy bank for later so that I can do better on the second part. Um, And it actually, the first lap was the first time I'd ever ran in that golf course and didn't hate it. (laughs) Love it. I genuinely did not like that course the last two times I've been (laughs) on the run. (laughs) There was something about it. I don't know. I think I was also new. I was much more, I went in being much more confident about my run than anything else, which is never how I've gone in, which was a great feeling. Um, and so the first lap, it was make sure you take your nutrition, make sure you do this. Um, I really like to be, I know it's funny you pay for the race. I really like to be self-supported because then I end up just not worrying about it and going past the aid stations and I'm, mm-hmm. it's there if I need it. So I really liked that model. Um, there was a few of the really steep, like weird hills that were perfect timing and I would just walk those. Um, yeah on my little break. And so the first lap went really well. And I was like, okay, I feel really good. So then I went into the second lap. Um, and I was like, it's the second lap. See how you feel. You don't have to walk every mile now. Keep going. But it's there if you need it. So the second one, I was continuing to run through it, except for one mile where I made sure to stop, refuel, um, cause I only had about an hour worth of nutrition on it. So I had to like refuel, do the thing. So there's one mile and it's right in the middle. That's really slow looking, but it was actually just so I could refuel everything. Um, and then I kept going. Um, and I didn't really, I didn't need to walk. There was one point, like two thirds of the way through the golf course that I just was the first, it was really the only time in that race I mentally was like, 
I, I'm over this golf course. <laughs> Yeah. Um, because it's it's like this labyrinth. You just keep going it back is. and forth. You see people. You have no idea yeah. where you are. You're going up, down, yeah. left, right. You it's think you're so almost bizarre. through it, and then you still have a long ways to go. <laughs> yeah, I kept reminding myself that I remembered seeing that the mile 11 marker was basically at the end of the golf course. So it's yep. like most of your run is this golf course. Yeah. Like by the time you're out, you're pretty much you're done. done. Mm-hmm. Like, and I kept reminding myself of that to remember it was going to be a while um, that I was out there. So I only had one minute in there. Um, and really, I was able to turn that around pretty quickly of like, you chose to do this. You've been working so hard for this for so long. You didn't even know you could get here. Um, this is your break. <laughs> also, this is your, from this is your free time. Duty, <laughs> this is your free time. You're choosing to do this, which um, when that's when you have that level of a reset it's pretty turns you around pretty quick um and then i remembered about mile 11 and a half i looked down at my watch i didn't i did this whole race by feel for the most part Good. um That's what we wanted i didn't look at anything on the bike there was a few points where i looked down and i was like my watts are so high but i feel really good so i'm gonna just stick with this section um so i never looked at my watch the whole run until about mile I think it was 11 and a half and I looked down and I was like wait what because I and I really got confused actually because for me like a, a typical you know half marathon has been around the 210 range or in my head I've always said and it was 11 and a half and I was only at 155 and I was like wait am I re- I you know I'm really really can't do any math once I do any workouts. Like my brain can't process any of it. <laughs> Stop so, mathing. Like I I go math dumb really quickly. <laughs> so I was really confused. So I ended up switching to my overall time, which I've never done either. Um and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna PR. And I had such a big gap that I was like it's trying to math, which probably took the whole next half a mile. Um, I was like, wait, I have a mile and a half to go. I have, it was like a 25 minutes till my PR or something like that. So like, mm. there's no way I'm not going to like, as long as, as long as I don't walk the whole thing, yeah. I should be fine. Um, so I ended up continuing. I had a little debate with myself if I would still fuel the same way and like make sure I got the fuel in at mile mm-hmm. 12 and I did I decided to um good just so I didn't bonk right at the end either so like no yeah. still fuel do your thing you have a buffer it's fine you can even go faster another time if you want um and so that last mile was kind of crazy to like once you got back into the tennis center like knowing not only knowing I was going to PR but like I've never been in that place before. I've chased PR and I've chased it or you're minutes away, but to just be like, there's no way I'm not going to do this um, was a really surreal feeling um, that I, you know, I was so nervous to come back to the distance. And so to have that happen when I wasn't even watching my watch was not expected at all. Um, so I definitely got choked up for a minute before the finish line. And then I think I just soaked it all in, um, even felt good at the end. So, um, 
So I was, I was pretty happy with that. <laughs> you should be. So amazing. That was such a fun story. I loved hearing it. Um, because my first time, like, we would text it back and forth a little bit, but that was the first time hearing the full story. And it just yeah. was so awesome to me. I like when I saw that and just to, you know, know that. I, it, I think my first response to you was like, that's mom strength for you, or, you know. Um, and I think it's just, again, it's just to me, it really illustrates again this, this power that I, as women, we can. And I, I hate using the word comeback. And I, um, so we can return to better than we ever were before. Always. Yeah. Like we have, there's no, no, oppor- like we can. Like, and as long we, you know, don't, the people that are standing in our way, as long as we tell them to fuck off and do it ourselves, like, right? Like <laughs> we can do oh, yeah. it. I think we're, I think we're stronger. Like I, I know I text to do yes. this, but I didn't feel like, like I had a moment of like, it wasn't a moment of, you know, I'm not going to do this or anything. It was like a, I'm kind of over this, which always happens in every race. But I really didn't even feel like I had to dig that deep, like the whole race. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, and I also know my threshold to dig deep is just next level, different. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, yeah, I have so much more capacity for that now. Yeah, I 100% have had times on the race course where I've been like, you birthed two children, like, you can do this. (laughs) Like, yeah, like, like, look at what you've done. You're like, this is just, you know, not just because it's a great accomplishment. And like, it's so awesome to come back and all of the things. But, you know, like, a year, not even a year and a half ago, I was recovering from a C-section. And I remember the first walk I did, which of course was still on my Strava, and it was a quarter mile at like 33 minute mile pace. And that was all I could do. Yeah. Um, And it's really humbling and makes, you know, a tough race moment. Not nearly as tough when you think of that. I love that you remember that because I remember my first walk. um, I remember my first walk with Skylar after I got done. I came home from the hospital in November and it was like so cold outside in Spokane. And I just felt like I had to get outside and I definitely overestimated myself. Like I had just (laughs) had a vaginal birth with a baby, right? Like I had had, (laughs) I had had two episiotomies. So I had stitches and and stuff and no C, no C-section obviously, but just, it took, it takes a lot out of you. And I, I got like a quarter mile away from the house and I had to have Brandon run back, like my mom, my mom and dad were with me. And, and so was Brandon. And I had to have him go back and get the car. I couldn't walk the next half quarter mile to get home. I was just like yeah. turned white and I was so exhausted. <laughs> yeah. So suddenly the Needless digging to say, deep I was much more, I was a lot, I was a lot more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it becomes a lot oh, easier. It just doesn't even, I don't know. It just doesn't compare. <laughs> so. And funny yeah. enough, you know, I know pregnancy was a weird roller coaster for me because I, you know, didn't do it the greatest. I moved twice and my husband changed jobs. So, like, let's just throw in all the life changes at once. So I didn't work out the way I had intended. But I've weirdly been, like, grateful that it was a reset. Um, I was able, I've been yeah. able to kind of, like, fix problems with my run because I haven't gotten, you know, I, I got a reset. And I think that was kind of a weirdly a good thing. 
I like that you just went this direction because I was actually making my next question because we did, you know, we worked <laughs> together, fairly, you know, through through your pregnancy. Um, and I know when you we, we you got pregnant, we kind of formulated this plan. And for, I would argue for the most part, we semi stuck to it, We you know, because what piece of it was we're going to train for as long as we could. We um, we we then later did make changes to it as we found out you're moving. But, you know, for the most part, you stayed as consistent as you could. And to me, like, from my angle, I think you did amazing during during your pregnancy because again we we stayed as consistent as we could. We kept you moving, you know. We we biked, we swam, we ran as much as we could, and you know from that angle it was great. Um, but I also know again because you and I have worked very closely together for quite a few years um, that it was challenging and it did not go necessarily the way that you anticipated or had planned. Um, so kind of walk me through how you mentally manage that and what that looked like for you. Cause there was, like you said, there was a lot that went on in your pregnancy. I think we were, you know, and this is, you know, I, my heart goes out to anybody who doesn't have this situation. We were very, very fortunate that we got pregnant incredibly quick. Um, and I was not prepared for that. I was prepared for it to yeah. take a long time. I, rem- um, I remember least- this conversation. <laughs> I was not prepared for how quick. I mean, I went from doing, I did my first Ironman. I did my second Ironman. I went from two Ironmans in like 90 days to getting shingles, to getting COVID, to getting pregnant. So I went from feeling like I was on top of the world and unstoppable to I cannot function. Um, And I severely underestimated how challenging pregnancy would be, I think. As an athlete, it can be harder because you're so in tune with yourself. And then all of a sudden your body's doing whatever it's doing and you have no idea what's happening. (laughs) So I think I even had a little bit of kind of prepartum, like adjusting to that because it happened so quickly. Um, So I think I had a lot of that while I was pregnant. And I was very excited you know we had wanted this the plan was after the Ironmans we were gonna start our family but it was still jarring and especially because you know I went from being able to do feel like I was on top of the mountain to like yeah I mean you were doing 13 hour 13 hour Ironmans right yeah like and like yeah to like oh my gosh I can't even function the biggest thing I noticed, and this was funny, this is how I knew I, the first thing where I was like, I think, I think I'm pregnant is my heart rate was so different. Yes. I don't like training by heart rate, but I was so aware that I was like, it is skyrocketing doing nothing. Um, and so that was jarring. And I think, I think there was a lot of time to myself and thinking of like, who do I want to be? I know when I got pregnant, I told you, I, I'm going to keep racing. I want to keep racing. Um, you know, even before we started having family, I was like, this is going to be something I continue to do. Um, and my husband is an endurance athlete too. And he's like, of course, wouldn't expect it any other way. Um, and so I did actually still, I, you know, I still got two triathlons done while I was pregnant. It was kind of fun. I took away any pressure. Um, because yeah, you did on your gravel bike. <laughs> yeah, I did one of them on my gravel bike and it was great. It was, I was like going through the city of LA. I was like, I don't need to be on a time trial bike. Um, and then it was like the hilliest run that I was completely unprepared for. <laughs> but 
it, I had a great time. You know, I knew a lot of people running the race, so that was fun. Um, and then I became what I like to say as a professional walker. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm really curvy. I couldn't run. It, my my boobs got way too big to run, and it just hurt. So I was like, "All right, I'm gonna." I became like a professional yeah, a walker. A lot of walking. Even I remember being super proud the first time I like one of one of the moves as I was like I power walked like three miles and I was like oh I made it to this this part on the trail that I haven't made it to yet so even then I was still you know recording things on my Garmin and <laughs> putting it on Strava yeah. um still counts and it was still it does you know, it does and honestly I think it still counts double because it was so much harder mm-hmm. um doing that and then I think you know the recovery was different than I expected because you have no idea what you're going into having your first kid um I was not prepared for my c-section was the first major surgery I'd ever had in my life I never had a sports surgery I think because I switched to triathlon that helped because before that I would have probably gotten some stuff from swimming but you know I switched to triathlon early enough that I've always had a variety and what I've done so recovering from that was new. Getting PT for that was a huge shift um, because a lot of people have challenges where they won't even be able to feel around their C-section and their incision for years. Um, mm-hmm. And I never went through that because I was so stubborn and determined, like I said at the beginning, to feel normal yeah. in that. So that's it's still... I could still tell when I don't do my PT, you know, a year and a half later, but all I have to do is do it and I can, I feel normal again. Um, I just get a little stiff and it's so much better from like, you know, all the time I invested to recover well Mm -hmm. has really paid off. And I think really building up, you know, smart helped. It's funny, someone asked when I started running, and since we worked together the whole time, I actually don't remember, because it was so organic from going from walking to walking with drills, to Mm -hmm. run walking, to running, um, that I don't remember when I was actually running, which is great. We went past, we went past the 12 week mark for you with running. We took the cautious route. I I put you on a very cautious route with running. Um, I want to say we started at like the 16 week mark with running. We started kind of in that 12, that eight to 12 week range where we did, we walked. I put you on hill walks. Mm -hmm. I made you do hill walks and, and kind of like pickup walks. And then we said, you know, form focused walks, right? I think we did a lot of form focused walks, um, where I was like, okay, I really want you focused on your form in this space. Um, and then we moved into a run walk and we were pretty cautious on the run walk as well. Um, I pretty sure I kept you at somewhere between one to three minutes of running and with one minute walking for quite a long time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was very organic. Um, it was just kind of one of those where you finally were like, yeah, I think I'm ready to try running. And so then we started implementing these pieces. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think running definitely was the last one that felt like it's clicked. And then funny enough, that was the one I felt the strongest with on the race. So you could tell all the work had gone. <laughs> for the run. <laughs> and I think it is because we were, like I said, we were very we, we, strategic with it. We were very, we were, we were cautious 
but we're also really focused on listening to you and listening to your body. And, and on top of that, you know, what, you know, what I tried to focus on for you was listening to you. Like, what do you need from a mental side of things as well? And trying to focus from that angle. And, you know, I think that's an important piece that when you're coming, coming back, returning to triathlon as a mom, that yes, the structure of the physical side of things is important, but I think it's also important to really look at it from a, what do you need from a mental side of things? Like, do you need this type of structure? Do you need, do you need these types of run walks? Do you need these types of bikes? Like, what do you need from that side of things is just as powerful. Yeah, I think, I feel like I put in so much work mentally as much as I did physically to feel like, not really feel like myself again. That was the goal is what I was telling myself, but find out who I was now. Um, You know, I spent so much time making sure I was still journaling, making sure I was, you know, going to therapy, making sure I was focused you know, even the best I could when I worked out, not getting distracted by everything. Um, I can now, but at the time for a long time, I wouldn't, I couldn't work out and be on baby monitor duty. Um, because it, because I needed that barrier where I didn't have guilt or didn't get distracted. I couldn't even focus if I like heard a peep on the monitor and he's a great sleeper. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't even hear them, but I would be distracted by it. And so I think I needed to like, it was like such a strict, almost like self-care routine to shift everything. I think that's powerful because what you just said there sounds like is you, again, you chose, you looked at what you needed as mom to be successful. Mm-hmm. And then you said, okay, this is what I need. How do we make it work? Yeah. And I, it definitely took a lot of trial and error. It took about five renditions. You know, he's, he's yeah. 15 months now and I'm like, oh, I think we have a routine. I have finally accepted that I'm going to be the 5 a.m. workout person. It's fine. I was trying to fit too much into the day, um, into too short of a time. But luckily when I do that, he's still sleeping. So I don't even feel guilty. That helps eliminate the time and the mom guilt. So massive win-win there. But yes, it was, I have almost unapologetically prioritized those things. And I think that's been the slow, almost as organic, as rebuilding the fitness was the mental side of it of like not just how do I do this all but how do I also become the best version of myself while still you know working full-time having you know a little guy dealing with switching daycares and sick days, um, which still throw me for a loop, but we're working on that one. (laughs) But, you know, sick days and my husband switched his job and it's like, how do you fit it all in with life? And, you know, that is where I don't, as much, I despise waking up early, but as much as I despise waking up early, I despise not working out. So, (laughs) um, and not taking care of myself. So it turned more into, it, at first it was, you know, most people, it's like, oh, I'm just working out. And it sounds, I don't know, it sounds almost fluffy or light in a way. But I was like, no, it's, it is a priority. It's okay to say, yes, riding my bike, even if it's just in the garage for two hours, is a very important thing to me. Yeah. And that's all that matters is that it's important to me. 
I love that. So that's awesome. A lot of big shifts this year. <laughs> yeah, there has been. Yes. Uh, Carly has been uh, all aboard the big shift train. <laughs> I figured I'd take, you know, I know most people say it'll even take a few years to mm-hmm. feel like who you are as a parent. And I think I just crammed it all into a year and a half um, for better or worse. <laughs> right, <there you laughs> Which, Kind of fits me well, I guess, as I'm going to stubbornly push that my way sound, through until it all works. That does sound a lot like you. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, that, yeah. So with that, you know, I think we've you've really talked kind of, um, again, organically about this, but what do you think is the biggest change for you when you became a mom? Like what, for you could say physically, mentally, emotionally, I don't really care. What what was the biggest change? What shifted the most for you? Letting go. <laughs> Letting yes. go of control. Um, I love that. Like, I just, the difference of, like, I remember, and this is one of the biggest examples is, you know, you get to a Thursday, it's been an off week. Before kids, you'd be like, okay, well, it's fine. This week is a wash. I'll start over again on Monday um, or something like that. But once you have kids, like every day could go sideways. Oh, so yes. <laughs> you don't even know. You're not even guaranteed half the day going right. And so you're just able to let go of things a lot more. You're able to adapt like, and I adapt a lot easier where, mm-hmm. you know, I remember thinking before long workouts, I've got to get a good night's sleep. I've got to get a good dinner, a good breakfast. And yes, all of those things are very important and you should, but I can adapt when it still goes a little sideways. Mm-hmm. You know, I never thought, I never would have thought I would have done like a three hour ride at noon, but I made sure I ate and I fueled right. And it had to be during nap time that day. So I think it's the, it's the adapting and letting go of control because you have none. (laughs) Did you feel like that came fairly organically for you? Like it just was like, okay, this is what it is. I now have to be this way. Or did you work towards it? I had to work towards it a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, especially early on, you know, those first few weeks where it's just a blur of babies sleeping awake and this and this. And before we figured out how to get them to sleep, it was like, oh, there's no magic trick here. Like, we're just making this up as we go. Um, and so I think those first few weeks, I want to say, like, really that time before I went, I had 12 weeks of maternity leave. And I feel like it was in that time that I just learned. And then the first week we went back to work, um, we didn't have childcare because my in-laws were sick. So here I am going back to work. And I don't even have childcare because they had the flu and we didn't want him to get exposed to that. And we learned really quickly just that things are so different. And time is also a lot more precious. Yeah. Like you you feel like you do a lot more with your time. You do mm-hmm. less almost. Like you yeah. like you just <laughs> you have to pick. And like I pick three things and it's like family, triathlon, and work. And outside of that, I can't be it can't be a hundred percent. It just doesn't happen. So, but you'll, you appreciate like every 20 minutes or something in such a different way. 
You really do. I love how you said you either get everything done or nothing. Like, I just really feel like being mom is you either get everything done or nothing done. There is no in between. <laughs> like, no. It's just like organized chaos at all times. Yeah. Uh, even today, yeah. you know, I'm unpacking from our trip and from being in California. And before it would be like, get everything done right get the laundry done, get this. And there's like, today it's like, no, that's good enough. Yep. <laughs> I've done enough that it's good enough, it's good. <laughs> which is such a different mentality. A hundred percent. Yeah. And with what, I, yeah, the number one thing I've learned with kids is that you definitely have to be very flexible with doing everything, but nothing at the same time. You let go, like, unless, I think it, it was like a leadership book or something that someone said is every time you say no to something, it empowers you to say a yes somewhere mm-hmm. else. And so it's, I, like I just focus my yeses on a few things. Mm-hmm. And so I don't get a bunch of small things pulling me in a million directions because I just don't honestly have the mental capacity to handle it. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I think that's a big piece. Yeah. I think awesome. Um, Okay. So we're kind of coming up on our hour-ish here. But um, one thing we, you know, we we talked a lot about Indian Wells because I think that's a really big, like, pivotal thing in your life here. But um, did it feel different? Like, did you feel, when you crossed that finish line, was there something different about crossing this finish line for you compared to, you know, your, your first Ironman or some of your other races that, you know, are just as important. And I think it's, I think that's important for us to say like your Ironman that you did back, you know, for your first Ironman was, and none of these are less important, but is it different now? Does it feel different? It does. It does. It feels very different. Um, because it feels so much harder to get to the start line. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And don't get me, and like, you know, we trained for my Ironman during COVID when Mm -hmm. races kept being canceled and nothing was guaranteed. And it still felt a little simpler because of the time of life we were in. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that I almost thought I'd be sick and not be able to race the Monday of the race. And I'm like, well, I'm still going to race sick. And these are things that I probably would have never thought about before. So it just feels not bigger. It just feels different because yeah. the obstacles to get there in a way, the race, while the race has always felt like, you know, I love to say it's like celebrating all your training. The race is the fun part of all the work. Mm-hmm. It feels like it even more so once you get on that course, because there's even more hurdles to get there as opposed to, I don't know. You think the course is like, here's this challenge or this challenge of the course or this. It's like, mm-hmm. I was just enjoying that I got there. And, you know, even when I made silly mistakes on the bike, I just kind of laughed yeah. it off. Um, so it just, it felt very different, but it also feels almost more empowering. Yeah. I like that. I think that's true too, because it is it is way harder <laughs> to get to the start line um, than ever before. But like you said, at the same time, I always find that I feel like I'm more present in the day. Mm-hmm. 
because I'm like, okay, I'm here. And, and especially when I bring the kids with me, it's a whole, okay, this is my, this is my free time. (laughs) This is my, this is my space and just got to enjoy it. And you know, what comes comes. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's almost like one eighties, everything where like the before it's like the race is the big, heavy load and like life is the relaxing part. But now it's like the race is the like light feeling part, even though Mm -hmm. you're working super hard, you're doing all the things. It just doesn't feel as heavy (laughs) as it did before. Whereas like, you know, I went home and Sterling missed his mom all day and I Mm -hmm. couldn't put him down for three hours after the race. So I'm hobbling around, you know, holding him because he needed mom. (laughs) <laughs> recovery recovery from uh triathlon looks different with kids yes <laughs> oh my gosh it's, it's it's much longer much much less easy um you know and I, I think it's a perfect example i went in and we were like okay the plan is dad's gonna be on duty after the race i'm gonna be tired you know it's, it's your day and we say that like we're in control of this. Like my son was like, no, mom, you are not setting me down or I will scream. <laughs> mommy uppies, mommy uppies. <laughs> yeah, like, like, again, me pretending we are in charge of this. <laughs> we're not. I've seen so many memes out there that are like, what are they like? Let's have kids so that we can be controlled by some sort of dictator or something along those lines. And it's I'm mean, so yeah. true. This little, little tiny dictator that... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we had no oh. choice. I was, that's how it was working that day. <laughs> yeah. So it definitely took a little longer to recover. But it was what also you, worth it. And it was so he, fun to have him. Yes. What is the wildest thing that you realized about being mom? That you're like, wow, I never thought that would be what I would spend my life doing. I could already, I know mine, so I want to know yours. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like that just, Everything is just dirty <laughs> and gross. Like, I don't know. He's always sick. There's always boogers. I don't even care. I just like, it just feels like you're grimy all the time. And like, I used to hate like, and even in the race, actually, this is kind of a funny thing. I hate when like my hands are sticky or something. So I would like wa like if they get sticky from the electrolytes, I would wash them. Like that yeah. was the water I was grabbing in the aid station. But like now I'm like, oh, look, here's a, you know, now I've just got, you know, booger all over my pants and stuff. <laughs> so I think that they're just so, so germy. They are. Oh. My number one thing is I never realized I would talk or think this much about poop in my entire life. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's like all you talk about. Poop. All the time. Poop. It's like all the you- time. Did you go poop? Oh, you you pooped your pants. Okay. Oh, now you're pooping. Oh, and you're pooping. Okay, everybody's pooping right now. <laughs> like, why is there so I, much poop? I know. And then you just, it just becomes, you don't even get phased by that anymore. Like. No. Yeah. I thought that would be so disgusting. And now it's just so nonchalant. <laughs> yep. Nope. It's just, it's just poop everywhere. And. Oh man, I feel like that's all I talk about with the like we focus on. We spend so much time in the bathroom too because Skylar still has issues. Like I think I've told people before, like that Skylar had a lot of issues with, with potty training um, and pooping, and 
he's now back. He's kind of reverted a little bit and still having issues. And then Baylor decided he wanted to train him, like decided he wanted to learn how to potty train. He just woke up one morning and was like, underwear, underwear. I want to, like, he wanted to wear underwear. So now we constantly, and now he just likes to go to the potty and go poop. Sits there every time and he says, poop, poop. Like, okay, we got to sit here now longer? Like, yeah well and i think that like the the smallest things i didn't know the smallest things would truly enrage someone that much you know oh my gosh diaper changes are like we're full-blown wrestling at this point uh the enragement yes the other day i didn't buy the appropriate juice boxes they were the wrong shape (laughs) A wrong shaped juice box. And you would have thought that I tried to chop his arm off. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. We oh, have just man. learned that the word no exists. And Ooh. if we say no or take things that he wants, that is, and in case this is surprising, he's a stubborn, strong willed child, just like me. Even when daycare says a a stubborn child, I'm like, oh, good. Oh, good. (laughs) Oh, good. That's what you need. Yeah, no. It's a funny, different wild ride. All right. uh, Well, I know that it's getting late for you, but I have one last question. What would you tell Carly of 10 years ago if you were to say, okay, this is the 10, 10 year when you kind of went right. I guess you started it in, you started triathlon about 15 years ago or more mm-hmm. in that range. So that Carly, what would you tell her? Oh, that's funny. Um, you will do an Ironman because I never wanted to. Um, oh, that's awesome. You will do an Ironman. You'll love it. And then you'll do another one. Um, and you're going to get faster even after you have kids. I love um, that. Especially, you know, when you do your first Ironman at 22, you're like, oh, well, this is it. And the fact that, you know, I'm in my mid-30s with family still doing it and faster, like, I would have never believed it. As well as the fact that I always said I would never do an Ironman. And now I'm, like, brainstorming my next one. Yeah, so there, I guess I guess I'm gonna end this with the last question. What's next? What's next for Carly? I mean, I technically already know because we've semi talked about it, but <laughs> share so with what's the world. Next is, I have decided. I realized I had a limiting belief that was very, very kind of deep seated. Is as I got into distance events, it was like okay, I, I shifted from wanting to race to finish, and I think that was one of the reasons I had no problem passing people is I was like, no, you can be fast. So now I'm just curious what I can do. Um, you know, back in the day when I was racing before Strava and everything, like you just didn't have the tools you had you know, mm-hmm. before Zwift, before everything. So I've got the next big race is Chattanooga. 70.3 and then I'm going to do Oregon 70.3 and I have to figure out a fall one still but I'm also going to embrace having an off season for a little mm-hmm. bit because that sounds necessary know, I, that sounds necessary and it's nice to you know I don't think you need to just like grind every day I think rest is really important 
Um, so I very much enjoyed the week off and now, and I know that's still not going to stop me from getting, you know, faster and seeing what I can do out there. So first it's fast as 70.3 and see what that is. <laughs> I love that. And I think that was, I'm glad you brought this up here at the end, because that was one of my favorite parts of our conversation Monday before the race was you were saying, you know, I just want, I, I want to be competitive again. Like mm-hmm. I miss the competitive Carly that, that used to be. And I've, I've got really stuck in this idea of, I just have to finish. And I think that happens a lot. I've seen that a lot with athletes when they um, jump, you know, jump to that kind of 70.3 or full Ironman distance. They they just automatically think that their only goal has to be, oh, I just have to finish. And you get really stuck in that. Mm-hmm. And I, I always want to occur, you know, I had it actually same conversation with a different athlete, like early, or way earlier this year. Like she, she was very stuck in this idea that of just, I'm not fast enough to ever qualify for a Kona. And I was trying to tell her, yes, you are. You're just stuck in this idea of like, I just have to finish it. I don't have to have like a big, scary goal. Um, mm-hmm. When you put the, kind of that bigger, scary goal on there, sometimes you get more competitive um, with it because then you're chasing that piece. And so that was something that really made me happy to see or hear you say like, this is more where I want to go. So I want to be back to that that competitive spirit, that person who chases the big goal or, you know, goes after the um, you know, the speed and, and all those things. Um, so I think that's yep. a, a cool thing for people to, you know, hear as well. Yeah, no, and I'm excited. I think the fact that, you know, training as a parent is so much less predictable. And the fact that I was able to do that, you know, set such a big personal best with, you know, missing the main two weeks, the last two weeks of my key session, <laughs> you know, like, because yeah. Yeah, I had a really sick kid. The fact that I know that's possible, it really feels like there's no ceiling anymore. I actually really think like looking back on it, and I thought this a little, when you messaged me about missing those last two weeks, I almost think they were good for you in a way to miss because what it really showed you, because we had this brief conversation via text, because I'm pretty sure I said, hey, like one, it's okay to miss them. But two, remember, you still have to take the time for yourself. And if you aren't healthy, then baby can't be like right or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And that was a shift for you. I saw that shift after those two weeks. It was like, no, I do have to be unapologetically saying I still need this time even when they're sick. Um, and so I yep. actually kind of think like missing those two weeks was good for you because it forced you to look that in the eye and say, okay, maybe it doesn't mean I can't get everything done, but I still have to make the time for me. And this was a big learning for me because Skylar spent the first two years of his life sick all the time. He was sick all the time. Yeah. We had, we got mono, we got parainfluenza, he got strep, he got hand, foot, and mouth twice. Like you name it, he had it. And it was really a key thing for me to kind of embrace was even though he's sick, it's okay for me to take an hour. And maybe that's what it had to be. It was like, okay, I was supposed to do a two-hour ride. I can get an hour in. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was still okay for me to take an hour. And sometimes it was still okay for me to take those two hours because I needed them. And so I think that was something that you really kind of grasped a little bit after those two weeks. Um, do you, did you feel that way? I, I saw that from afar. So I don't know if you felt that way. Yeah, I feel like. I just figured it out. <laughs> so I think that's why I'm I'm so excited for what's next because I feel like I've just done I tend to learn things the hard way because I just go in to figure it out and I feel like okay, now I'm able to learn how to prioritize me 
you know, I've been through enough sicknesses, I've been through enough sleep deprivation, enough of everything that I know how to make it work. And I now I know what to do. And even if I don't do it perfectly, it still works. And I think that has been, you know, still something is better than nothing. Even if I don't do, you know, the full workout because he woke up early or something, at least I still get most of it in. And that still adds up over time. And that was something I think when I was in that challenging time, you were like, no, it's the collective amount of work you've put in over the year. And I think that mm-hmm. stuck really well. And I think that helped even calm my nerves towards right in the race when, you know, I thought I missed, you know, I thought I wasn't prepared biking wise and I had my best, the fastest bike I've ever done. So, um, and obviously it was really strong because I had one of my fastest runs right after. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, we had that conversation on Monday. We had that conversation on Monday and you, you did voice, you're like concerned about these. And I think I went back into your training peak. So I was like, okay, yeah, you missed these two weeks, but four weeks ago you ran a half marathon and you were just shy of your fastest half marathon ever. So you've already done it. And then on top of that, I said, if you look back, like you've put in week after a fair amount of weeks back to back to back of two hour rides, like your collective is just as strong. Um, so I think that's a good piece to always like remember is is what you are doing is more about overall time sometimes than just you know one or two sessions and why that's why it's Mm -hmm. so important to always focus and that's why i always tell athletes like number one missing is okay in reality you just want to have a b minus average right and that's usually missing like two maybe three workouts sometimes like a b minus average is going to be great for if if that's the life that you can only you know if you're a professional having a b minus average is not necessarily a good thing but right when we're talking <laughs> about the collective group you know that's totally okay and on top of that it's always better to try than not do yep and i would rather see you try 20 minutes of your 70 minute session and then go i just Sterling woke up or I just couldn't do, I just mentally couldn't get myself into it because I knew he was sick or I, I X, Y, Z, like that's better because that 20 minutes is going to benefit you from a whole host of, you know, pieces. So we're kind of, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but <laughs> I think it's important. And I think it's a learning that you really like saw a lot of like over these years, um, you know, with pregnancy, definitely, um, being mom. Yeah. I agree. Awesome. Things are much less black and white. (laughs) Yes, they are. There is no black and white. Awesome. Well, we'll let you get back to uh, mom life. (laughs) Yes. Um, Sounds good. And can you maybe let people know where to find you? Where can they follow you? Yeah. So I am on Instagram at adventure.more. M-O-O-R-E. So um i share good bad and ugly um and then really amazing jokes along the way (laughs) amazing amazing instagram where she's very vulnerable not afraid to tell the truth but has just enough sarcasm in there that makes you kind of (laughs) giggle it's a coping it's a coping skill it is awesome (laughs) 
Well, thank you so much, Carly, for sharing your story and celebrating your big uh, PR at Indian Wells and um, kind of the ups and downs and everything in between that comes with the wonderful journey that is mom life. So um, thanks again. We look forward to kind of the next 2024 season. Thanks so much.